with we, that sort of degree. Uh, learned that, that, that the mind drives everything. I went to school for sports. I didn't go to school for <laughs> school. That's what a lot of people do. And then they don't realize that there's a there's a whole reality of life outside of sports, unless you're like a prime athlete and can make a living doing it. All right, so we are rolling. I don't really have proper introductions. This is why I like talking to people beforehand because you kind of get the conversation juices flowing. But I think it would be good for the people to at least know who you are, what you do, and what your background is. And then we'll kind of work into what we were just talking about because I think it's some really interesting stuff that Fantastic. people could benefit from. So, Kirk Gibson, uh, owner of Max Belief. And what Max Belief is, is uh, basically I help athletes, salespeople overcome the, the limiting beliefs, the, the roadblocks that keep them from reaching their goals and attaining their dreams. We all make decisions, but we don't often know that it's a decision. We have beliefs, but we don't necessarily realize that at one point that belief was a decision. And so many times that those mental roadblocks, those decisions that we made unconsciously are keeping us from reaching their goals. Um, like I said, I've worked with salespeople all over the world and, and different athletes all over the world as well. And it's those little decisions, those little things that once you, you, you really break it back down and you look at the goal that somebody set and you figured out how they're going through it, that there's little things that once you can figure that out and you can get underneath that source of water and, and use some tools to remove those, all of a sudden you see people move forward and that progress can be amazing. So. Uh, that's what I do. I've, I've been doing it for years. Um, I've done it on the corporate side. I've done it personal side. And like I say, uh, right now I'm, I'm working with athletes and salespeople uh, all over the world. So when you say we make these small decisions that impact us, what do you mean? So we, we were kind of talking about how the way you talk to yourself, I had said that I was trying to do something. And that's, that's one that you and I first talked about. Is the language that we yeah. use, but what what else are what else do you mean by those like little decisions that we make, even throughout our day, like where we take shortcuts on getting things done? Can you elaborate on that? I'm on a podcast and I'm nodding my head, so there's there's a great 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 idea behind that. Once again, I made the decision to nod my head because we're talking personally, but on the podcast, nobody could hear that. Mm. You don't think about what those decisions are. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back and go totally foundational. And quite often I start with this thought process as I talk to somebody. What you believe is what you project. What you project is what is perceived and that perception becomes reality to that person that's sitting across from you. But it also becomes reality to ourselves. So everything that you see, say, hear, goes into our mind and we take it. We filter it through our mind and we take it personally. And so, when we're coming back with that thought process of, of what I believe is what I project and what I project is what I perceive and that perception is reality, what you say, you're hearing yourself. So when you say I'm trying to do something and you really break down that word try, it's one of the most debilitating words in the English language <laughs> as far as I, I, I'm concerned. When you try to do something, think about it. Have you ever talked to somebody who tried to lose weight? They told you, I tried to lose weight. Were they successful? Never. Never. Have you talked to somebody who lost weight? See, there's a difference right mm -hmm. there. They didn't try to lose weight. They went ahead and did it. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you say, I'm going to try to do something, you set yourself up for failure. 
Because you can say, yes, I put in that effort. I put in an effort, but it was hard. So I went ahead and put in the effort. And since I put in that effort, it's okay. It's okay because I tried. It's okay to fail. Words mean things. There's a connotation carried with everything that we say, and we've got to be cognizant of what that connotation is internally and externally to that person you're talking to. When I talk to the athletes, it, it, it's more about that internal verbiage. But you can tell what they're setting themselves up for. I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. By listening to the language that they use. And you hear little words like try or I'm, I'm going to attempt to do that. No, just make the decision to do it. You may fail. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But then follow that up with, why did I fail? What can I do better next time? So it's a constant and continual learning process as you go. Um, I realize I just dove, you know, off, off the high. <laughs> you just went into right the deep there. end. <laughs> but it's it's so fun. It's so fun to sit down and think about what drives people to be successful and what the successful people are doing in their mind that is allowing them to get there versus the people who aren't, yeah. the people who haven't made those decisions, mm -hmm. who, who's, who's allowed their beliefs to get in their way. Because mm -hmm. we all make, we all make limiting decisions on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And quite often, what I'm calling a limiting decision is a belief. All of our beliefs at one point was a decision. You made it, it it's a belief, it's hard, it's hardwired into you, but at some point you made the decision to believe in that belief and what somebody else said or what you read or what went in there, you made, that became a belief, but it was a decision. Most people don't realize that it was a decision because it's hardwired into who they are. But if you can get them to go back to when they made it, all of a sudden we can start to unpack all those other decisions that came back because of it and then be able to figure out how to move forward. Well, and I'm glad that you jumped into the deep end because my immediate thought is a lot of people think that this is something that they are just not able to do. Like, I'm not born with this skill that Kirk has developed. But just like I was saying, because you've done a lot of public speaking, but you've mm -hmm. never come on a podcast. And even with me, like I'm kind of spotty doing podcasts sometimes. It's a skill. It's something that you have to work towards. It's something that you have to do consistently to get better. So a lot of these internal processes that you're laying out for people, it's something that you can create. And so as I was plugging 75 hard before this, it's been that type of program where <laughs> the way that Andy Frasilla describes it is you got your bitch voice and you got uh, essentially, I don't remember what he calls it, but it's essentially your boss voice. Yes. And once you identify and you're able to be aware of when your bitch voice is getting pretty high and you just know that, okay, that's, that's not me. That's my brain. That's my brain trying to tap out, which again, we're all human. So we're all prone to that. You can start to combat it with your boss voice. And I think that that's where people really start to make progress. So I'm glad that you laid that out because I think it's helpful, helpful for people to know that it's not just something that you're born with. It's something that you have to create. It's just like discipline. I could use all the excuses in my life because of how my childhood was with my parents. They're still great people. They're still together. But of course, the way that they raised me impacted the way that I made decisions, how I was undisciplined. But I don't blame them at this point because I realize 
It's something that I have to create. And the most gratifying thing in that whole process, if people start to learn how to do that, is that they know that at some point they'll realize I'm a different person because they've changed their habits. It, I mean, it's a whole concoction. That's why it's so exciting for both of us because we're, we're, we're trying to lay it out, but it's not so simple. There's so many moving parts to changing your habits and your internal dialogue, but it starts with just being aware of it. Yes, yes. And so uh, I guess my question is, so how have you helped your clients recognize that and pivot and, and, and you know get, get away from it, essentially? say pivot all i can think of is the friends episode with pivot um so those of you that haven't watched or no friends i'm showing my age on that one um <laughs> the old man's talking, in town you you led me into the way that, that as i do my classes or i talk to different people one of the things i always start with is uh, uh if, if we're doing a class i'll put up a powerpoint or if i'm on zoom with with a client that i've got i'll throw this up and share my screen but it says I am in control of my mind, therefore my results. Do you agree? Mm -hmm. So when you're in control of your mind and therefore your results, that allows you to live life on the cause side of the spectrum. And so when you really think about it, uh, you look at the cause side or you look at the effect side. So you've got the cause side of the spectrum, the effect side of the spectrum. The cause side of the spectrum is, is, is what you do. The effect is typically the woe is me. So if you were to take a look at this and, and what I'll call the dumpster fire of the world, Twitter, right? Mm. If you go out on Twitter, are most of the comments and, and posts that you see out there, are they coming from people that, that are taking cause, taking responsibility for where they're at and where they want to go and trying to cause those results to happen? Or are they on the effect side saying, whoa, it is me, my life sucks because of, oh, this happened because of, not my fault. Which side do you see them normally on? It's usually bitching and complaining. Yeah, Victor. yeah. Thus, the dumpster fire of the world. So you can make that 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 choice initially. Parents sound like great people. They set you up. You're here. You've gone through college. You graduated. Yeah, Things yeah. are wonderful. So you, they help set you up. But you made thousands of choices that caused you to be in this spot, sit in this chair, talking to me right now. Mm -hmm. I did the same thing. So when we really think about that, we've got to be aware. Now, here's my, my favorite example of, of cause versus effect. So think about it this way. You've had a long day. You, you put in 10, 15 hours, whatever. You're pulling back in and you've got your cat here. And your cat called you today and said, man, I need milk tomorrow morning. And there's no milk in the house, right? <laughs> Obviously being a little bit of facetious here. But you know if you get out of the car and you walk into your apartment right now and you, you don't have that milk, you either have to get it tonight or you're going to have to get it tomorrow for you and, and Mr. Miller, right? Mm -hmm. So you go ahead and put the car in reverse and you drive back out. You're driving down the road and, and you're heading to Hy-Vee or whatever your local grocery store is. And as you're going on down that road, you go through a green light. All of a sudden, coming from the other direction, just there goes Johnny Moron. He ran the red light. He hits you. You're not totaled, but the car's got damage, his car's got damage, you're on the side of the road, you're waiting for the police to come, all that other stuff. Who was at fault for that accident? Pretty easy question. You went through a green light, he went through a red light. Who was at fault? That's him. He was at fault. Who caused you to be in it? That's based on my decision. 
Yeah, you caused yourself to be in it. You chose to go get milk and be in that intersection at that moment in time. You don't really think about that. That was a choice. You could have picked the milk up originally mm -hmm. before you got home and then turned back around. You could have gone to a different store. You could have taken a different route. Mm -hmm. But because of the decisions that you made, you caused yourself to be in the accident. It wasn't your fault. Now we go back to the reality of, of you know, where was I born? How was I brought up? Where am I at now? It's all those decisions adding up have caused you to be where you're at. Some people are in great places right now, and, and they got there because they had an easy path, but they still made the decisions that got them there. Other people may be in that exact same situation and had to work 12 times as hard to get there, but they made those decisions that got them there. And here's where the real difference comes in. So you're sitting on the side of the road waiting for the police, so's Johnny Moron that went through that red light and hit you. I'm here to guarantee you Here's what's going through Johnny Moron's mind. Oh my God, the sun was in my eyes. The road was wet because it was raining. And, and they got every excuse yeah. that there's ever been. Whereas if you're on the cost side of the spectrum, you're going, okay, this sucks that I'm here. I've got insurance. I bet Johnny Moron back here doesn't have mm -hmm. insurance. But I've got the insurance. But now because I know where I want to be, and I know that there are certain things I've got to do to cause myself to get there, I've still got to get the milk. I've still got to go home. I've got to figure out what's going to go on. So you're running that plan through your mind, figuring out what do I have to do that's going to cause me to get to where I want to go instead of just sitting and laying on the excuses. It sucks that you're there. It's okay to take a few minutes and, and realize that and go, oh, this is miserable. Mm -hmm. But then to suck it back up and go, okay, here's where I'm at. Here's where I want to be. Here's how I'm going to get there and then move forward, realizing you got yourself into that situation by not taking a different route, picking it up earlier, whatever it may have been. But since you had the ability to get yourself there, you've got your ability to get back out because you are in control of your mind, therefore your results. It doesn't mean that life's gonna be perfect. It's gonna suck. There's gonna be horrible things that are gonna happen in life. Just mm -hmm. the fact of it, right? But when we realize we have the power inside of us, to be able to make that plan, make the decisions that are going to lead us to where we want to go and, and work through it. There's the key. Yeah. It, it's not going to just be given to you. You've still got to put in the effort and do the actions that are going to get it done. You've got to call the insurance. You've got to go get it done. You've got to make sure you do have the money to pay for the insurance. It's all of those things add up, but it comes back to you. And I'm going to go right back to what I where, where I started with you're in control of your mind, but you also believe in yourself because you got there. So what you believe is what you project. What you project is what is perceived, and that perception is reality, even when it comes back to yourself. So big circle mm -hmm. right there. And, and I know I just took what you said there. <laughs> Once again, let's go a little bit deeper off the high board, yeah. right? But it all ties back in together, and it starts with the mind and the decisions that you make and how you view those decisions and then set yourself up to move from whatever position you're in now to where you want to go. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's really important because we have a culture that's been predicated on that victim culture. And so you run into so many, we've all ran into that person that's making that long list of excuses that you just talked about. And, over they're, and, over and they're so toxic that it's like you don't even want to be around them. And I think... If you're going to add another layer to this, 
there are people in their lives that understand that the people that are around them that are not helping them reach their goals, not that you should depend on other people, but your environment is a huge part of it. They're aware of it and they don't, they don't get rid of those toxic people. That's, I think that's honestly a huge element of why people can't get to where they are is so just like you said, sometimes people need to see it. They need to see an example to believe it because they never saw that in their childhood. And again, that's, that's not blaming their childhood. That's just saying that if you didn't have the proper examples growing up, you're not going to think certain things are possible. So you need to be conscious and get ready to eliminate those people as hard as that may be. You have no obligation to help them fix their life. You have all the obligation in the world to fix your life. And once you recognize that, I think that's probably one of the biggest areas of resistance for people. So they're like, well, you know, like I, I gotta, I gotta stay with my parents. You know, I'm, I'm trying to help them maybe through COVID, you know, you guys weren't making enough money, but it's like, there, there's always room for excuses. Like, uh, my, um, a guy I internship with, he said, everybody has excuse. Excuses are like assholes. Everybody's got one or same thing with opinions. So I I think that's where a lot of people get caught up. And I think, well, I was going to ask you, it's like, why do you think we have such a victim culture? Like it's almost become ingrained in so many people. It's becoming more ingrained. Yeah. Easy answer to that is the word easy. It's easy. You don't have to take responsibility if you're the victim, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Oh, it sucks. It's not my fault, right? I want to go back to something you said real quickly, though, on getting rid of the toxic. The toxic is bad. And, and yes, you've got to get rid of them. It's not that you just leave people laying in the street. And it's not that, that necessarily if, if you're in a situation and you're living with somebody and it's toxic, that you're just going to walk out the door, but at least put in a filter of some sort that you can realize that you are not the situation, you are you, and that that you can have that filter and that block up there. Because as you were saying, if you want to help somebody, that's wonderful. Everybody deserves a handout. Let me take that back, a hand up, not necessarily (laughs) a hand out. But if, if, if you are not okay with yourself, if you are not good with yourself, You can't be good with somebody else because it has to start internally. And so you've got to get okay with you first. You've got to be set yourself up mentally, physically, emotionally to be okay, to be able to give that hand and ask that person that's across from you, hey, grab a hold. We're going to walk through this together. We're going to get there. But if you are not okay with you, you can't get there. Now, that's, that's the issue with the victimhood, because if I'm a victim, you're a victim, they're a victim, and, and none of it's our fault in anything else, we're going to sit in a big circle, and we're going to hold hands, and we're going to cry, and it's going to be great, and we're going to feel miserable with each other and with everything around us, and we'll never move forward. And all of a sudden, if everybody decides to take that, which it does feel like, even though it's not, mm-hmm. it does feel like, boy, society's going to be a scary place. Now, I'll tell you this. I've traveled the world and and we hear